Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game. So, the first thing I want to say is, thank you, Intro Lady, for introducing the show. <laughs> Welcome to episode 31 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. And this is Tim. And we are a podcast about board, board games. games. Still, after 30 episodes, we haven't changed. And today, our table talk is going to be about our Top 10 Games 2017 edition. It's been a while since we did this. Last time we did this was in 2015, and that was Tim's first episode, I believe. It was. Yeah, I think so. That was also the debacle episode that we re-recorded and never told anyone about. I'm curious to see how (laughs) our lists have changed. Me too. You know, because I don't even know what my list was two years ago, because I didn't save it for some reason. (laughs) you serious? (laughs) I know what it is. Okay, well, good. You can let me know how much my list has changed then. All right, but before we talk about that... Let's jump into the spawn point. Spawn point. So you may have noticed when you downloaded the podcast, hopefully, we won't really know until we're done recording, that it's a little bit shorter than our previous episodes. And that is because we've decided to have a minor format change. Very minor. And really when Chris and I set out to make the podcast long, long ago, whenever that was, with our laptops and headsets, uh, we wanted to make it an hour-long podcast. And I think over time, we've started moving towards an hour and a half. And I think what happened was Tim joined, and then Chris and I still said the same amount of stuff. We just (laughs) can't stop ourselves. You are verbose. Yeah. We talk a lot. So uh, So it increased the length by 33. Actually, it increased it by 50%. Yeah, 50% increase. See how I did that math? With a 33% increase in hosts. Right. Try to figure that out. Yeah. It's not proportional. <laughs> it's very strange. So what we've decided to do is try to trim the show back down to 45 minutes to an hour. So just a little shorter, but re- release the episodes a little more frequently. So one thing I didn't set out to do ever was release an episode every two months and I feel like that's what we've been doing, even though I think the longest we've gone might be six weeks. But that's still too long. We don't want to uh, go that long in between episodes. So no, we do not. A little bit shorter and a little more frequent release schedule. We hope you guys will enjoy that change. So you'll notice episodes just you know a little shorter, but you'll hear all the mostly all the same segments, uh, same kind of content, just trimmed down a bit. And more so, often. So now. Does this mean the prophet was right? It's not every two weeks. Yeah, it might so what exactly did the prophet say? He 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 predicted that we would release every two weeks. Everything that the prophet predicted in that second voicemail has come true, except the two week releases. Of course, it did. We did the uh, Chris reading the flavor text, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the only other thing he said was the recording. More frequent. So you're getting close. It's going to be more frequent. It just won't be two weeks. Right. But you never know. I wonder if he knew the Cubs were going to win the World Series. There's no time limit on prophecies. No, there's not. Sure. If you try to put one or, or you know, uh, try to dissect it, it doesn't work. I think he's only, he's, like, he's only the prophet for out of game. So he probably didn't know that the Cubs were going to win the World Series. Spoiler alert, in case you have it on your TiVo. Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> you haven't watched that by now? <laughs> you have a backed up TiVo. I've been there. I remember watching the Summer Olympics in the winter. Oh, brother. I was still watching them. Wow. Yeah. That's how I roll. So I had a couple more things in the spawn point, and then we're going to move on. One is we now have a Slack group. And you might be asking yourself, what is Slack? What is Slack? Do you guys like to know? I I would love to know. I want to be a Slacker. (laughs) So Slack is basically a chat program that's supposed to be used by businesses. But for whatever reason, project teams and Work teams and all kinds of different teams are using it for a lot of different things. And the Dice Tower has one uh, for their podcast, which I thought was a good idea. So I created one for ours. I'd like to you know, get, start getting some discussion going in the Slack group. Uh, maybe if you're not 
keen on using the Board Game Geek forums, this might be a better way, especially because you can do it from your mobile. So we've got some members in there now. Go out to our guild. I, I have a link out there. All you have to do is click it, uh, and it will automatically join you to our Slack group. So go out and find that. And then I did want to talk about a Kickstarter that I have backed. And I have not been obsessed with a Kickstarter for a long time. And I am right now. It's called Rising Sun. It's by Eric Lang. He was the designer of Blood Rage. What's interesting about this game is, so he said that Blood Rage had its spiritual ancestor as Risk. And this one, he said, is Diplomacy, which at first scared me away because I don't know if I really like diplomacy, but then I watched like a half hour uh, gameplay video on this game and the way, so in diplomacy, if, if, if people don't know, you make alliances with people and you work together, but you do it all in secret and no one knows who you're allied with. And, and you don't even know if, if the person you're allied with is telling the truth. Well, in rising sun at the beginning of every season, there's four seasons of the game. You publicly make an alliance so like Tim and I could team up and say, okay, we're going to be in alliance. And then Chris, you could team up with Sarah or something. And then for that season, we're allied. And what that means is we're going to be playing actions like in Puerto Rico. Like remember in Puerto Rico, you take an action and then you get a better version of the action, but everyone else gets to do the action too, just like a lesser form of it. So in Rising Sun, that's what you're doing on your turn, but you and your ally get the benefit of the action and then everyone else gets the lesser version. So it, you don't have to ally with someone, but if you do, you get better versions of, of their action and your action. So it motivates you to ally. Yeah, but then there's a betrayal card you can play as your action to betray, publicly betray your ally. Oh boy. And if you do that, you get to just like remove two armies from the board anywhere, and they could be from anyone. So you can, you can betray someone as an action. Uh, and then every season, you, re, you renegotiate the alliances. You could change them or whatever. You do at the beginning of every season. And there are some other things, too. Like, there's all these ridiculous miniatures and stuff for it. But anyways, it's called Rising Sun. I'm pretty sure everyone's heard of it. Pretty excited about it. It's releasing in April of 2018. So it'll be a while before I get it. Cool. Hopefully, I'll be at zero by then. Yeah, right. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen. out-of-game Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. So what exactly is the Hall of Fame, Ryan? <laughs> so this episode, we're doing our top 10 games. And I'm, the first time we did this, there was some confusion around... Top 10 versus Hall of Fame. Yeah. So we decided to make a separate segment for Hall of Fame games. They're games that we don't necessarily... Maybe, maybe wouldn't necessarily play anymore. They may not be our favorite games anymore, but they deserve a spot in our, in our own personal Hall of Fame because they had some kind of impact on our gaming history. Yeah, it's not really in your current list of games you would wheel out and want to play, but they were maybe at some other time, and you want to you know, pay respect to it. Right. So that is the Hall of Fame. So, Chris, why don't you kick us off? What is your Hall of Fame game? There are a lot of... So should we recap what's already in the Hall of Fame? Sure. I don't know if you remember. We should write this down somewhere and put it on the <laughs> website or something, but... I think RPGs, just in general, was your first. Was one? my first one, and uh, you know the the problem is that's not a board game, and I think this is a podcast about board games. That's right. And so I'm trying to avoid using, you know, like Magic the Gathering or games like that for for my my other choice. But uh, I was actually considering Lord of the Rings card game. There's been three, I think different Lord of the Rings card games. Yes. I'm talking about the middle one that we used to play with Greg, which right. it we were really into that game. Yeah. And it burned brightly. The fire was good, but then it it died when the movies died because they were basing it off of the movies, all the art and everything. So, you know, just going with board games as a Hall of Fame choice. I'm going I I chose this game because we played it a lot. We enjoyed it. We had some good times and bad, but we I think it's safe to say we're not going to play the game again. And I like not playing the game again as a criteria for the Hall of Fame. So I don't want to, you know, a game that's new and hot and fun, I don't want to put in the Hall of Fame. So I'm choosing Battlestar Galactica. Oh, this was my 
first Hall of Fame game. Yeah. So this, this, this made it into the Hall of Fame. I don't think we're going to play this game because <laughs> other games have obsoleted it in, in, you know, in, the, in the co-op vein, in the, in the trader vein, right? Dead of Winter has more to it than Battlestar Galactica. It's not as difficult, yeah. but it's got the same good parts, right? So you know, we had an infamous bad game <laughs> where we had a whole podcast dedicated yep. to all things negative. All things negative, where we went at it, and but there were some good times too. We had some yeah. good times playing this game. That was my number one game for a while. Yeah, and it, it there was a game I looked forward to playing, and really enjoyed the time while the game was going on, trying to figure out what what was happening and what my move was going to be. So it it's it's a Hall of Fame entry officially. Yeah, good choice. All right, so to recap mine. Mine mine first was a, an epic homebrew mini thing that I did with my brother. So it's like totally I can't even describe it because it was our own rules. My second choice was Stop Thief when we did our second one. Yeah. So for this one, I'm inducting Hero Quest. Oh. So this is that miniature space game. Mostly a lot of die rolling and luck, but then you've got your your DM kind of running the bad guys. So that's uh, I you know it. We played it a bunch. We, you know, did the campaign style where we did all the adventures through the booklet, kept track of everything, and uh, actually did that with my my older brother's wife at the time, who was nowhere near a gamer, and she actually was the head person running the whole game, and then we were all the characters going into the dungeon. So, loved it. I actually, this is one of those that I'd still play again, given the chance. But I forgot there were three. Senior. This is the third entry. Yeah. This what was Chris's second? My one? second one was Risk. Risk. I just oh, that's it up. right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So my my first one was uh, Battlestar Galactica. So we have two. That one's been backed up by uh, Chris. Double entry. Yeah. My second one was Munchkin. That was the one I, I did last time because that was a that was a influential game in my gaming history. Running the Munchkin World Tournament. You know, there's a Munchkin side note. Do you know there's a Munchkin CCG coming out <laughs> this oh my year? God. Yeah. How, how is that even possible? Well, it's uh, it's the same guy Eric Lang and Kevin Wilson, like two of the most well known designers. They Eric Lang said, "I want to make a good version of Munchkin." Wait, isn't that a Steve Jackson game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're re- it's releasing this year. It's like a D twenty based. I don't know. I, there's got to be a die in there somewhere. Got to be. It's role playing. Yeah. So I'm lo- I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. But my my entry for the Hall of Fame is Axis and Allies. Ooh. Interesting. Wow, really? Did you play a bunch of that? Oh, yeah. So Axis and Allies was the first board game I was ever obsessed with. I had a, I had a friend, my friend Aaron. He, he was going to school like 45 minutes away from I, – I, I grew up in Peoria. He was going to school at ISU in, in Bloomington. And he would come back for every single weekend, and we would play Axis and Allies all weekend. We, we would set it up on Saturday morning. We would play for 12 hours straight. We'd eat hot pockets and like jalapeno poppers from. I don't know if you guys ever heard of. Did you ever get Swans? It's like this truck that drives around. Like there's this truck that drives around and you buy food from it. And we would we would get all this food from Swans and then we would we would just eat it the whole day. Hot pockets and jalapeno poppers wow. every weekend. And I even want my obsession. I even created an Excel book to record where like our state our game state so we could save our game. And I, and I found an Axis and Allies like forum, and I posted it up there for other Axis and Allies players. I got the autograph of the game designer at, wow. at Gen this Con one year. Yeah, I was like really into Axis and Allies. Like com- I was completely obsessed with it. When, when I, was the last time you played? I played it with Aaron again probably like seven years ago. It's, okay. it's been a long time. But I, I still have it on my shelf, and I'll probably never get rid of it. I have the 1984 one, I think. It's like in a big coffin box. It sticks out of my shelf. It drives me crazy. It like sticks off the edge of the shelf, and you can't push it back. I hate it. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine him being obsessed. Yeah, breaking surprised. out spreadsheets. I, I mean, I think any game that causes Ryan to get a spreadsheet out, he's in. Oh, yeah. He's totally in. You, no, I need to go back to the game sticking out of the shelf for a second. <laughs> because you don't understand how, like, so... I had to I had to organize my games on my shelf based on where Axis and Allies is. <laughs> like I had to because it, you know of course they're like by category and box size, right? But then Axis and Allies it's just like sticking out and there's no good place for it. So Make sure it's in the corner. Well, yeah, but then you gotta you know you have to. The thing is, I have this I have this recliner in my room, the one that I sit in and to look at my and games. Gaze at your wall. Yeah. yeah. So 
that when the recliner blocks part of my game shelf, so I try to make sure that there's games behind the recliner that I don't actually like, like like Monopoly and stuff, but games I'm kind of embarrassed to own. I, I want those behind the recliner. So I had to put Access and Allies kind of in that corner behind the recliner, but it, the recliner can't hit it. It's, you know, so it stuck out too it's very complex. Recline, so it had to be far enough away from the recliner <laughs> that you could recline. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, but I figured it out. It's on the edge in the corner and, you know, nice. it's over. It's, it's got its place, permanent place. So Axis and Allies, that would be my entry. Now it's got to its the permanent place in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame forever. Wow. We, we should put the Hall of Fame on our website. Should, you would think we had like we a like web designer on our podcast or something. that could do we have stuff three, like that. but it's not up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to move on to our Table Talk. Table Talk. I'm Eric Summerer, and you're listening to Out of Game, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Yeah. It just got real. Find this and other great podcasts at Dicetowernetwork.com. So in Table Talk, this time we're going to be doing our top 10 games, which we've done before. Actually, Chris and I have done this twice. I don't remember mine. It was our very first episode. Well, then I don't remember the second one. Yeah. I think the first, the first time we did it, RPGs was your number one. What was the second time? Second time we did it. I don't remember what your number one was. Oh, it was Cyclades. I think you... What game is that? Oh, it's like ladies. Yeah, that one. So this time, we're going to start with number 10. Number 10. And go to number one. We're going to see if anything's changed. Counting it down, just like Casey Kasem. Yeah. So, transition guy. The hits keep coming. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm transition guy. No, you, you, you have to do the number 10 thing. Oh, sorry. Number 10. <laughs> All right, Chris, why don't you just start us off? What's so, your number 10 game? Yeah, my number 10 game is a game that we don't play anymore. But it, it's a, this is a perfect entry for the Hall of Fame sometime in the future. It's a game that was much closer to number one previously for me. It's a game called One Night Werewolf. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't play it anymore. No. But it deserves respect because of we, I don't think we've played any game more than this game. No. I, I, it's only because it takes eight minutes. Yeah, but I dare anybody to play this, play any other game as much as we play that and not get sick of it. It deserves to be get, you know, like, like we. We went to the Gen Con tournament for One Night Werewolf and had a blast twice, right? Yeah. The game, it really stood the test of time. We wore it down, and it was still fun. It was different every time, except for Tim always being the werewolf. Eh. And uh, it's, it's worthy of number 10. All right, Tim. Number 10. All right, number 10. This is going to shock you guys. Oh. Boss Monster. Wow. I've never nice. even played this. No, see, I, actually, we just broke it out, I think... Two gaming nights ago, they broke it out again and played it again. I actually found out that I kind of actually really enjoy this game. It's kind of one of those nice fillers, and it has enough interest there for me that uh, I'm, I'm putting it as my number 10. Wow. What, what do you do in this game? I don't... You kind of have a, a center card thing. You're, you're building a dungeon, and the idea is to attract adventurers into your dungeon and, and then kill them, of course, because you don't want them to get to your boss monster. So you have your monster at the end, and you want to put tiles out in front of you and based on the tile, it has symbols for like money and knowledge and stuff, and that attracts wizards or thieves or fighters or clerics based on the number of symbols you have of each type. So whoever has the most number of symbols, say for the priests, all the priests come to their dungeon and then walk through the dungeon, and you hope that they get killed before they get to your boss monster. Because if they get to your mo- boss monster, they get damaged. Okay. So And then whoever kills... I. I think it's like 10 adventurers or something wins the game. Okay. Is there any strategy to this game? Yeah, the strategy is based on the tiles you lay down and stuff like that and building it so you can attract the adventurers, but not too soon because if you all of a sudden are attracting you know, priests of level 10 and you can only do two points of damage, he's kicking your butt the whole time. So there's strategy of when to attract people to the dungeon, and then you've got other people that are building. You know, If Chris is building priests as well, whoever has the most attracts them. So you want to be in front of Chris, but then if you get too far in front of Chris and you start attracting things you can't handle, then you know it's just as bad as letting Chris have them. Okay, so it's yeah. a little bit like a tower defense game, kind of. Yeah, boss monster, boss monster number ten. Never would have guessed right. that one. Ryan, number ten. All right, my number ten is Seasons. Oh, interesting. So Seasons, if you recall, is the game that replaced Magic: The Gathering for me. It has all the things I like about Magic without the magic. So it has bad though, doesn't it? There's there's (laughs) no magic. Well, there is magic, but just not like Disney with no magic. Oh, it's just not Disney. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah. Well, anyways, in seasons, uh, there's drafting, which is which is one of the things I liked about Magic. Uh, There's card combos, but the good thing about seasons is your combos. 
you pick which card you only are going to have nine cards initially and you kind of pick what order they come out. So there's no randomly having to draw them to get them out in the right order. So you can build your combo out in front of you and then continually use it. So there's just a lot of things I like about this game. I have all the expansions for it. Probably one of my favorite games to play two player. Uh, And if you own this game, you really don't ever need to play magic the gathering again. So my number 10, it's not true seasons. It's true seasons. Number nine, number nine is cosmic encounter. Ah. This is a game that everybody hates in our gaming group for some reason. No. And I don't understand why. Not true. Wait, well, is this the most group of the people one? Don't. This is the one where you can play like a, like an eight player game at once. Oh yeah, I hate that one. Where we had that. <laughs> remember that epic game where nobody could win for yeah. a while, but we still remember it. It's a classic moment. I like this game for a couple different reasons. One, you can play with lots of people, and there's not many games you can do that with that are on the more serious level. You know, as opposed to like a party game. Two, sometimes when you go after another player in a game, you know, you create sort of an enemy situation, and you could. Like, if you go after Tim, it's going to be a problem. No, not <laughs> really. He's, he's not going to like four it. Four people go after me, and there's nothing I can do yeah, about it. Yeah, but you it. don't like it, and everybody knows about it. And I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit like that, too. So with this game, who you go after is sort of determined by random draw. And, and I like that element of it because it takes the pain away from attacking somebody. It's kind of a good, it's a good way to deal with that problem. It's also cutthroat. So if you can help people defend... If the if if a, somebody who's winning the game comes after somebody, and you can also help somebody against or you know like you can help the underdog is what I'm trying to say. Right. So it's got a lot of those elements, and, and so I think it's worthy, worthy okay. of the top ten. My number nine. To all our listeners, we yes we hear the noise in the background. We're not going to do anything about it. So nothing, nothing we really yeah, can do about enjoy it. Enjoy the background noise because we can't really stop it from happening. We're hoping that much garbage was generated today, so they'll be done shortly. <laughs> All right, Tim, what's your number nine? My number nine is King of Tokyo. Oh, interesting. Uh, the ham so, sandwich. Yeah, the ham sandwich. So <laughs> it's it's still out there. I you know, we still still pick it up and play it. Uh, you know, that's a fun one. Can never uh that's always the great filler. Are you gonna get the new version? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what the new version is. Because like, you know, the the Halloween expansion. Yeah, no, I'll, so they re- get that. They re-released it and all the New York. That kind of sucked. That didn't suck. I didn't like that one. No, I like King of Tokyo better. Yeah. They basically re-released it with different art so that it worked better on a mobile app. Could care less. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll stick with the version I own. It's yeah. signed by Richard Garfield. I'll yeah, that. that's pretty awesome. That's yeah. pretty cool. The sad thing about that is when you got his autograph, I didn't know who he was. So I didn't bother that's getting his sad. autograph. The father of magic. Well, father of well magic. that's right. He doesn't like magic. Or no, he didn't invent. Wait, who is this? Steve R- Jackson. Richard Garfield. Richard Garfield. I get those two mixed up. <laughs> One yeah, is GURPS <laughs> and the yeah. other is Magic yeah. the Gathering, right? Yeah, yes. GURPS Munchkin and Munchkin Magic and Robo Rally. So, w- <laughs> what? Richard what? Garfield designed Robo Rally. Oh my god! Yeah. So we should explain to, to our <laughs> listeners what we meant by ham sandwich. You don't you think they just, know by now? Oh, you gotta be kidding! After the food trucks. Okay. <laughs> well, go ahead, Chris. King of explain. Tokyo was compared to a ham sandwich because it was considered sort of stable filling. But it's not going to overwhelm the, the you. Comfort food that you just comfort know. food, well, not fancy. Yeah, when you don't know what to eat, you eat you, a ham sandwich. Exactly. That's King of Tokyo. Yeah, and you throw in the cheese if you want to play with uh, the expansions. Okay, my number nine is a game that you guys have yet to play, so we won't have much discussion about it. But it is El Grande. El Grande is the grandfather of all area control games. I actually think you guys would both like this game. Uh, it's very strategic. And strategic slash tactical. I, actually, it's more tactical than strategic. Oh, I like it then. Yeah. You have these cards. You're, you're trying to manipulate the cards in a way so that you're getting majority in all the, the different areas of the board. It's real easy to learn the rules. Are every you to cheat? Every game is different. What? Can you cheat in the game? Is that legal? No. Remember you cheated in that one game, but it was legal when you, you moved cards around? Oh, that was in Cosmic Encounter. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, I think That's it was another the, reason why that game is great. Yeah. There was a, my guy was allowed to cheat. Yeah. I heard a really good story about someone else using that card where they kept, I can't remember what they did, but they, they essentially traded their hand for the entire discard pile with that cheat ability and no one noticed. They picked up the discard, like they're looking for a discards. And then when they put it back down, they put their hand down instead wow. and kept wow. the whole pile. I thought that was pretty good. So anyways, El Grande, it's a classic game. I finally got it. This used to be a, one of my grail games that was hard to get, and then they re-released it. That's when I bought it. It's a great game. Everyone should play it if you haven't. El Grande. Number eight. Number eight is a game probably most of the listeners have played, but I only played it once. You Puerto haven't Rico. played it? 
You've only played well, it once, and it's I, on your list. But I like it. I wow. like it so much. I've been wanting to play it again. Okay, but I think a lot of people have played it so much that it's not. They're not fired up about it. But uh, yeah, number eight, Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico, another classic. It's a good one. Yep. My number eight, Kalis. Oh, wow. another one we good have not call. played in a while. Pulling out all the classics. But I, I kind of my list is kind of based on if someone slapped it on the table, would I play it? Okay. So Kalis, Kalis makes the cut, and I'm hoping we'll do that one again. Yeah, Kalis. Uh, wow, we haven't played that in a while. Oh, no, we yeah. have not. That's probably. I don't know if it's my favorite worker placement game, but it's up there. It's up there. So yeah, speaking of how we did our lists, I did it this crazy method where I did he- I did face offs. Between every game. You got a spreadsheet too of it. Yeah, I used a spreadsheet and I would face them off. And and then I would think to myself, if these two games were in front of me and I had I time wasn't an issue, which game would I want to play? That's and I did that. And so what you do is you like have a game that's in the middle somewhere, you start with it, and then you face off every single game against it that you've played. And then the ones that you like more you put on the left. It's like a bubble sword. And the ones that you like less you put on the right, maybe. I don't know. Is that a programmer? term yeah, yeah and then you take all the ones on the left and you know they're better than that middle game and you just keep doing this process make, going the left and right until you've got the whole list so that's how i did mine your list is probably really accurate though. yeah because wow. i i had a, the I had problem a, is you're fickle with games though i know at least you admit that that's why the hall of fame <laughs> is a great <laughs> idea i need the hall of fame yeah, yeah. the hall yeah. of fame solves I that problem so my number eight is shadows over camelot Wow, I'm surprised that's still on there. Yeah, no, I still really like this game. Um, as far as uh, like the games with the trader, the, the thing I like about this game is it's a it's a good gateway game. Like if you wanted to, someone who hasn't played games could sit down. You could easily teach them this game because all they're really doing is making poker hands, trying to get three of a kind or a straight or whatever. But I really like the theme. I really like the art. I pretty much like every game that's made by Days of Wonder. And this was one of their originals, and it still holds up, even though it's, I don't know, it's probably been out for over 10 years. Oh. This was one of the original co-op games. like one Shadows of the, over Yeah, one of the first ones that actually... Is it the first trader game? It might be. I don't know of any prior to that, besides Werewolf. Well, I wouldn't call it a trader game, though. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not... You're you not, know there's two werewolves. Yeah. So, and one of them is you. <laughs> yes, one of them is me. So you actually know that there's one other one. My number eight, Shadows over Camelot. Those are both good choices, and neither of those have been my top ten. Wow. But I respect both those wow. games. Yeah, good games. Number seven. Number seven is Dead of Winter. So everybody loves zombies, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Zombies are in vogue right now. <laughs> For now. Didn't didn't vampires buy out zombies? Didn't we discuss Vampires this? Mm-hmm. bought out zombies, but then werewolves bought out z- vampires. Oh. So, Who do you think's next? You know, the mummy is ready for a comeback. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> You know, mummy. It's my whole Egyptian style exactly. desire of a game. Right. And mummies are dumb. I mean, what do they do? They walk around moaning, wrap bandages. Yeah, but they make great medics. Who has a stronger <laughs> brand, the mummy or the, or the zombie? Right now, the zombie. The zombie, the zombie so, stock is high. But so if you want to buy low, buy mummy. So if mummies bought out zombies, would they still go by mummy or would they switch to zombie for their brand? Depends on if the new owners allow it. But I would think that they would keep the mummy brand. Because it has a little more cachet with the unique factor. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Mummy's a great movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the Mummy is the single worst movie of all time. But they're making a comeback. No, no way. Yeah. It's such a bad movie. They should remake it's it. It's worse than Star Wars number one. All right. So Dead of Winter. Dead of Winter. <laughs> Dead of Winter is great because it's got, you got the co-op aspect, but you, ha- you have your single goal. You have a traitor element, but it's less than 50% chance. But it's the secret goal that makes the game because it keeps it interesting with everybody trying to work together but yet do their own thing. Yeah. It's all like real life, actually. All right. Anyway, that's my number eight. Seven. Seven. That's what I said. Number close. Seven. Yes, close. Same thing. So number seven is Time Stories. Okay. It's actually made my list. Wow. Chris, what? What's, what's wrong with that? Someone spit his water out. Isn't Wait. that a game you can only play once? Yes, but we played it twice because of the second scenario. Yeah, you can play each scenario oh. once. Oh, okay. each place each I misunderstood that. It only came yeah. with one scenario, though. Would I like this game or not? Jury's out on that. I have I no idea. Know. I have no idea if you would like this or not. Uh, Dave, the, the only thing I do know is don't ever let Ahmad lead the group because oh my gosh, just waste time. Ahmad was trolling us. Oh my god, he trolled us in a cooperative game. It was it was. I, I thought he was like joking around, and then he actually trolled us. Yeah, it was horrible. I can't even picture <laughs> that. I know, it was really so weird. My only question with this game is, is it actually beatable in the time allotted that they give you? I, you know, 
I, I not in the first run. I don't see it happening even by the third run. We, th- we failed so miserably both times. I, I think you could do it by the third run. I, I think we had a chance on this third run. Yeah, but but I if we didn't waste half of our second run <laughs> doing useless stuff, and we had found some more information during that run. I think we could have done it in the third run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, time but alas, yeah. time expired and we. Blocked. Well, I'm I'm kind of shocked that this made your top it's ten. Made my top ten. I never played it, but I guess it sounds like a semi good game. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to try it. Okay, my number seven is Targi. I don't like when I when I Targi. when I talk about games that you guys haven't played. Targi. Targi. I usually run Targi. down to Target and get some food and Targi clothes. is when by, late? by our listener Andreas Steiger from Germany. I don't know if he lives in Germany, actually. I think he does. Oh, it's, it's my favorite two-player game. So this game has been slowly moving up my list. It's a worker placement two-player game that you can play in an hour. And what's cool about this game is you have a set of a four-by-four set of cards, and each of the cards has actions on them. But when you place your – you have two workers. You can only place them on the edge. So I place my card on this edge here, and then on my next turn I, I could place one on the top. So I get both of those actions and then where they intersect. So you get three actions out of it. And also, like if I'm in a column, no one else can place in that column. And if I'm in a row, no one else can place in that row. So you could try to block people out from getting actions that they might want. And then on top of that, like so that's you're like getting resources and you're also doing like a set collection thing at the bottom. It just has a lot of things in it that I really like. I really want to play this game. I think that's why it's so high because I've been wanting to play it for a long time and I haven't had a chance to. And it's like the desire to play it. So when I was facing it off oh, with the games, I'm like, oh man, I really uh, want to play Target. Influence you artificially because yeah. you don't like this better than Shadows Over Camelot. I actually do because no, the traitor thing. You love Shadows well, Over Camelot. Well, Chris doesn't like Cyclades. So. What game? Cyclades. Cyclades. Did we play that game? <laughs> yeah, we did. You, actually, I did not. You guys oh, Cyclades. Did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, Target. Number six. So my number six game is Lords of Waterdeep. This is another game that I've only played once. Does and, that count? Well, I you guys loved gave, it. I you guys loved gave the me crap for having again. games on my list that I only but played. But so once. here's 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 the deal. How you said you do the face off. What I'm doing is what game would I really enjoy playing? You know, at the moment I made the list. You know, if, I, if somebody dropped that game versus, you know, Shadows Over Camelot, for example, which game would I rather play? And you know, the top ten list is based on that. It's desire desirability. I yeah. guess. So Lords of Waterdeep is a great game. It's got a lot of elements that are good you know you've got the worker placement factor it's got a good theme and it's it's semi cutthroat although the one game we played we really weren't very cutthroat about it but it's got that element in it i don't think it was super long either <laughs> oh no the only game that you've played of this was the one that chris johnson broke yeah exactly yes we broke the we game we had a whole yeah, podcast episode about yeah. That. yeah we broke that <laughs> we did break that game but we did something wrong too yeah but anyway another story number six lords of Waterdeep. great choice so my number six is Dead of Winter. Wow. Nothing else to say. First stupid. I'm just uh, you know putting a little higher than Chris. You like it more than I do, which Apparently. surprises me. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think you liked any game where there's a social element. Well, no, there's there's more to it than just a social element. I'm, I'm not trying to figure out if you're a traitor or not. I'm just trying to accomplish my personal mission. And then when you start acting weird and getting like thousands and thousands of followers, then I should just have accused you. But <laughs> Unless that's my there's, secret there's, goal. There's not much. Yeah, there's none that be the Be a cult leader. Through. That's your secret goal. Yes. <laughs> I, my secret goal is to start a cult yeah. based on zombies. You're pretty good at that. So, yeah. So I guess I do like it better than that. <laughs> well, interesting. This is our first three-way crossover because my number six is also Dead of Winter. Whoa. Wow. So lined up. Does Ryan technically like it more than you? No, he likes it just as much. Yeah, we like it the same. Okay. Dead of Winter. Uh, so last time I did my top 10, I had, I had Shadows higher than Dead of Winter, but it has flip-flopped again. So Dead of Winter, I, it's it's my favorite now. I, I think it's probably going to remain my favorite of the Trader games. Complete, Why don't we play this game anymore? Uh, I'm bringing the, so I'm bringing the Long Night. So Dead of Winter, they released another version of it. It's a standalone game called Dead of Winter The Long Night, and it has... It's the same game, but it has like special zombies that can do different things. So the zombies are more interesting. So I'm I'm bringing that to. Doesn't our... take much to make a zombie interesting. Zombies <laughs> with personality. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're like special super zombies. What what makes them interesting? They have like yo-yos and stuff. They or... might. Okay. 
that's a fierce zombie. Mm-hmm. Zombie that knows how to use a yo-yo. Weird seeing a zombie using a yo-yo. <laughs> Jogging pants. Yeah, yeah. Joggers. That's the new thing these days. I, I went out to buy some pants, and all I could find were joggers. I don't know who wears pants that have elastic around their ankle, but I'm not one of those people. They're not elastic, Sweat though, right? Didn't yeah, it, it, yeah. It's like the the like the sleeve of like a long sleeve shirt. Only that's around your ankle. I don't know who wears that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very odd. Okay. And I have no idea what that has to do with Dead of Winter, but Dead of Winter, my number six. Well, you're cold. Yeah. <laughs> number five. <laughs> okay. I'm just my, trying to give you a space so you can find it. You got it. Number five is your current, most likely, number one game, Alien Frontiers. Okay. If you, We'll have to see how fickle you are about that. <laughs> I have a feeling Alien Frontiers got dethroned. But mm. Alien Frontiers is a great game. It's actually could be higher than number five for me. I really like the game a lot. It's balanced. It's pretty fair. You know, you can go after people like the one game where Tim was basically not involved in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was mostly because you couldn't roll. Yeah. And you, weren't, much, get, yeah. you weren't getting matches. That can happen in this game. That's yeah. the one downside of the game. But it's got a good mechanic. The cards are interesting. The theme is, is interesting and it's cutthroat. All the games we played that I've played have been fun. I enjoy the game. I would love to play it again. Alien Frontiers number five. Amazing game. Number five. Lords of Waterdeep. Once nice. again, just you trailing. like it more than me. Yeah. So, <laughs> Lords of Waterdeep number five. What do you like about Lords of Waterdeep, Tim? What's your favorite thing about it? I like the quests. I like you know being able to go out there, take different quests, and then trying to fulfill those quests. And you know when people are trying to block you, still having other options to go fill other quests. So it's kind of the worker placement. A lot yeah. of cool elements. Yeah, this isn't on my list. Spoiler alert. Wow. But it's it was high and it was probably like, I don't know, it's in my top 20 somewhere. But um, Lords of Waterdeep is a very simple to learn worker placement game. And even though the theme is a little thin, it does make sense intuitively. Like the idea that you're getting these different types of uh, fighters, clerics, whatever, a certain combination of them to do a quest. It, it works together well. Uh, just thematically. And I like games where the theme and mechanics match up because it helps you remember how to play, (laughs) which is kind of important for me when I'm playing new games all the time. All right, this might be the first surprise on my list. Not sure. My number five is Mysterium. So Mysterium, the cooperative game, Mysterium, with the amazing art. I really like this game, but there's a caveat here. I don't think I like it as the ghost, but I I love it as a player, as one of the investigators. So just remind everyone how this game works. You're basically trying to read the mind of the person giving clues because they're giving you these weird cards with (laughs) really bizarre art on them. And you have to try to match, figure out what they were thinking and match it with either a character location uh, or a weapon. And for whatever reason, I'm very good at figuring out what the, what clues the, the ghost is giving. But as the ghost, I'm very, very horrifically bad. Being the ghost is hard, though. It almost ruined the game for us because I was the ghost in the first game we ever played, and I remember like Dave was so annoyed with me. <laughs> like I would give him clues, and he would like you like make some remark and like throw it on the table, it and it was all take ticked much off. To annoy him, I know, but but I like it could have completely ruined the game though. We never played it again, but for some reason we gave it another chance the next game night, and and every time I play this game, I love it. Like the game, there was a game the other night where. We were separated in two tables, and, and Chris, you were the you were like the ghost of this other game, and Tim and I finished our game, and we were just like hovering around the table, and we had like ten people, and, we, and like the people who weren't playing were immediately engaged in the game. We were helping figure out the clues, and it became this big group event instead of us just sitting there, you know, with nothing to do. Yeah, it's it's a really fun game. I, I actually think you could play it with that many people. I mean, you'd probably win every time, but it would still be fun. Yeah, if you had like twelve people trying to figure out the clues. So anyway, Mysterium. I hope they keep releasing uh, new cards and stuff for this because this is a great game. My number five. That's not a bad selection. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't make my top ten, but I did consider it. I think for the opposite reason as before. It's because we played so often recently mm. that I'm I'm not burnt out on it, but I just need a break. You haven't been the player a lot though. No, I'm always the ghost. Yeah, but but it's still I do like the game. It's a fun game, and you can play with a lot of people. So it's I, a, yeah, a Ross. We played it at my other game day once, and when a Ross was he actually was there, and he was the ghost. 
And he's a good ghost too, so you could trade off with him. Yeah. I do think it's important that the ghost is good. Yeah. Like what I was doing was not what the ghost should do. So if you're out there, when you're playing the stream and you're the ghost, don't pick out some minute detail on the card because it, because like it looks kind of like the thing you're trying to get them to guess. For example, yeah. one time there was a ship. So it was like a ship with a mast. And so I said, oh, if you turn that upside down, it looks like a hammer. So that was why I gave it to someone to try to get them to guess hammer. That's not good. That's not yeah. going to be good. Don't do stuff like that. But it seems like what works is to try to thematically match the card. What's interesting about that is you're so good at not when you're a regular player. I know. I don't understand it but either. That's a bizarre move. Maybe if I maybe if I did it again now that I've been a player, I might be better at it. I don't know. If I'm kind of scared to try again. No. Number four. Number four game is witch hunt slash werewolf. I'm kind of lumping them together. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised that it's on your list. I'm surprised that you're grouping them. Yeah, because I mean the games are different, but you got 15 people in a circle, and you're trying to get the witch or the werewolf. And I know that one of them is timed, one of them has rolls, the other one doesn't have rolls, and it's not timed. I just want to lump them together. I like them about equally, and I might be alone there. I think you guys like witch hunt better. Nope. You like werewolf better. Yeah. Tim likes witch hunt better. Yeah. See, so I'm like the crossover. Yeah, you're the crossover. I, we you're the glue, Jerry. Game. The glue. I'm the glue. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is number three, and it's probably going to be in the top ten for a number while. Number four. Also known as number That's four. That's what I said, number four. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought I heard. Three, four, seven, eight. They're just numbers. <laughs> so I'll be shocked if, if one of you guys like this, likes this higher. That'll surprise me. Mm, that'll but, surprise me, too. That'll surprise me, too. Okay, Especially so it's, it's not myself. on your list. <laughs> okay, so which on Werewolf number four? Cyclades, number four for me. <sighs> Good game. Nice. Obviously, everyone seems to enjoy this one. Every time we pop it down, we always have plenty of people wanting to play it. So I don't see this one stopping soon. So mm, That's a great game. That's my third favorite of the trilogy. The trilogy of Kemet, Innis, and Cyclades. Yeah. Cyclades is my third favorite. Kemet really? is my second favorite. How come we've never played Kemet? And my number four, Innis, ran off with is my Innes. favorite. So Innis is my number four game. I don't think Chris has played this one yet. I haven't played either of those two. This one has surpassed Kemet in my top ten of that set. It has a very similar feel to Kemet, but it has mechanics I like better. Specifically the trapping. Kemet was your number eight last time, I think. Yeah, it was high in my top ten. Is it, did it fall out? It's in my top 20 now. Yeah, it's, it's out of the top ten. Ennis has kind of taken its spot. Is Ennis in the top ten? Yeah, this is my number four. Ennis. So I'm talking about oh, it. You that's, that's why they were, were talking. <laughs> I thought we were on four. Cyclades. Yeah, no, I, I transitioned into Ennis. That was smooth. It was so yeah. smooth he didn't notice. <laughs> so smooth Chris didn't even know what we were talking much. about. Yeah. So... Innis is great. It's a it's very tactical. Well, there's some there is some strategy where you're trying to plan ahead because there's different ways to win, but for the most part it's tactical because you're drafting. So you have to kind of make the best with the cards you're drafted to try to fit the strategy that you're trying to accomplish. And it's just I just love drafting. And and there's only I think there's only 18 cards in the game. You're redrafting the same cards every round. And then those cards let you do different things with your guys. You're doing area control, which is something I love. Uh, and then you're trying to get one of these three different win conditions, but it's just I've played it I don't know three or four times since I since I uh, board game geek con where I first played it, and I love this game and I love the theme too. So my number four Innis. Number three. Number three. This is a game that I guarantee isn't going to be on your lists. Oh, I want to guess the oh god Mystic Veil. Vale. No. Have I played it? Have yes. we both played? Yes. It? Exploding kittens. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Space Cadet Dice Duel. Oh, oh my God! Yeah. See, I, I knew it wouldn't be on either of your list. I think That's I'm the only person who likes 200. this game. Yeah, I know. I actually am ready to play this again. I, I really. I want like Nathan this to game. bring it to the God, event. This game we have is coming like, up. It's like a, a puzzle piece. It fits my brain perfectly when yeah. we play this game. It just everything clicks. So much fun. I would play tournaments of this game if we could. Only if you're the captain, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a great game. Number three. Yeah. This game, I think, has been replaced. There's a game that we need to play that no one owns yet, and I'm not buying Nobody it. Nobody in the world? We don't own it in our group because I'm not buying games. Well, Chris loves it so much, maybe he should get it. It's called Captain Sonar. Captain it's, a spa- it's, the same, it's a similar thing. It's a four versus four. You have a captain, but you're, you're actually like you're in a submarine. You're, in a submarine. you're trying to um, sink the other team's Why submarine. Why is it better? Uh, I think it's easier to learn like a more streamlined game. So it wouldn't take as long to get all, through all the stations. Would our group play it if I bought it? I think they would. 
I don't know though. I, it's very it's I'll a very popular game. Everyone like everyone I'm that I'm hearing that's played it has said it's replaced Space Cadets Dice Duel. Okay, like in that genre, like four versus four team game. The genre, yeah, the genre. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no. You could be the moderator. Yeah, I, I think I'll just go eat pizza. There's no dice rolling in this one. Wait, there's no, well, then how do you decide everything? Okay, so it's like, from what I remember, from maybe, what I, maybe you like it. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit. From what I've then. seen is, so you have a, there's a map, right, of, like, imagine it's like four versus four battleship, kind of. So you have a map with all this terrain, like water and some islands and stuff, and then you put a transparency over it, and there's there's like a hex grid on the map. And the captain is telling the, the navigator... I think I don't know exactly what they're called, but where to move, right? And he's drawing lines on this transparency, but the other team is listening to the captain. But in the same time, in real time, they're doing the same thing. And you're trying to listen to the clues. And then, so like, if I'm drawn in the transparency and, and Chris is the captain on the other team and he's, he's giving his guy orders, I'm trying to draw the orders that you're doing. And then I, I can take the transparency and move it around on the, on the map and try to figure out where I think you are. And then if you think you know, you like stop and you try to sync them. That's the <laughs> people who have played this are probably thinking this is a horrible explanation because I I don't I haven't it's been a while since I watched a review, but that's like the main okay. thing. It sounds really fun. No dice or anything like that. So I will give it a try then. Okay. Well, what's it called? Tim's back in. Captain Sonar. Captain Sonar. Captain Sonar. It sounds it sounds a little bit like uh you know, like one of those guys you hire for a kid's party and he comes and he's like, <laughs> oh, Captain Sonar. <laughs> He makes little animal balloons. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be better than a clown. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Number three. Number three. Scythe. Okay. So it's on the list. It didn't make the top two, but I see this as one as another one sticking around, and we'll have many a nights of Scythe versus Cyclades next to each other in two groups. Yeah. I, I know why this isn't higher on your list. I don't. Please explain. Because he hasn't won it yet. Oh, Where's interesting. Where is that? Interesting. Yeah. Tim hasn't. He didn't master the strategy just of this surprising. for some reason. Yeah, I know it's sad. Uh, I think it's the combat thing. Like you, like most of the strategy games that you really do really well aren't very combat. It's the same problem with Cyclades too. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Yeah. If there's no combat, then you can do your oh, strategy. Just, just wait. Next time we play, I'm bringing it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. 100 <laughs> combat. It's hard, by the way. I tried it last game. I if know, you recall. Not, yeah, you got to get the cards. You have to have the cards. Like it yeah, doesn't even strategy. matter how new big. Strategy. Your, yeah. I don't produce. I just take. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. I have something to say about Sky, this game. What game? I think this Which game, one? I think the theme is overrated. Theme is overrated. <laughs> Here yeah. we go. The theme, the the, the world that it's in. Yeah. And the, the, the Farmer's post-apocalyptic it's, building it's, it's, tractors. It's not horrible, but it's or, a little lame if you think about it. Well, it's, the gameplay is great. I love this game. <laughs> but the theme, I'm talking about the theme. Farmers with the mechanized infantry. It's a, it's an alternate World War post World War One era. Yeah, that's a little vague too. What world is this? Our world, World War One. You just said it was alternate. An alternate. Well, it's an alternate it reality. Like yeah, you've, you've seen you know, Back to the Future. There's the alternate path that gets yeah. taken. So what is this one? Hitler invades earlier or something? No, Hitler doesn't even. He's not even. World on War One. That's why I said earlier. World War One. That's why I said earlier. That's why he said World War One because World War One came before World War Two. That's why I said where earlier. Hitler was involved. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Hitler wasn't even alive. Maybe in this world, then those yeah. mustaches are still around. <laughs> Because he didn't, he didn't get destroyed or whatever, and so uh, you know he. Be. And there's actually kids named Adolf. Remember that? Remember you know, the discussion? No, nobody's named Adolf. But opinions anymore. being wrong. Yeah, I think this is the one. Chris of those. just proved himself right. <laughs> You're right, Chris. Opinions <laughs> can be wrong. Tell me why the theme is good. What don't you like about the theme? It's not that it's horrible. I actually don't think it's bad. I think it's overrated. I don't why? think it's that good compared to other themes of other games, like. What was the game we were just on with Cyclades? You know, Greek mythology. You know, it's got like a, it's a very immersive theme. This one, it's a little weird. You got farmers and mechs. Okay, World so, War One, but it's not actually let, on our world. Let me explain. It's a it, let me explain a couple. Hard things. to understand. The reason the name is the game is named Scythe is because a scythe can be used as a weapon. I get it. And for farming, and I think the That's, name is a little so. So weak first too. of all, well, especially when you pronounce it wrong. So so there's that. Okay, the second thing is the theme, actually, the game was designed from the theme based on artwork by this artist. I think I've mentioned that before. So this world that this guy created was 
was around before the game. He used that world and it inspired yeah. him to make the game. All right. So when you're playing the game, it's really the mechs are there, but there's really not supposed to be a lot of war. That's why if you if you attack someone and there's like workers there, you lose popularity because it's like the mechs are just there. They're letting I get people, it. They're letting people live, but they're just there to kind of like keep the peace. But if they if they overstep their bounds, they they make people upset and they lose popularity. I understand. Right? Yeah. All right, I'm wearing overalls the next time we play, and then it'll, it'll set the theme perfectly. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to walk around in a mech, too? They, they use them as transports. But you wouldn't, okay. Don't tell me that you wouldn't want to get into a mech and transport across the map. They didn't have them in World War I. It doesn't matter. So, so your problem with the, with the theme is that it's not real enough? It's, it's, I, you, if, they're, if they're going other world, then don't use World War I. Use but you realize that World like, War II. Some of the mechs actually look like a tractor. Like, you know, they've taken a normal world war tractor and kind of converted it and some of the weapons look like skizzers too that's how we have to pronounce it now <laughs> wow i don't know where to go well, why don't we ask the, why don't we ask the no, listeners the listeners are who thinks that chris is right nobody yeah. thinks that i'm right yeah. Yeah. join our slack group and tell us oh my, please don't <laughs> i'm gonna get hammered sky there's a great theme it's beautiful yeah uh, yeah world war one meets farming Ooh. <laughs> i wish i thought of that would you rather it was just farming Yes. Are you serious? No. I was going to say. Not for a game where there's battling. Okay. So it's, it's just a little It's a little weak. Is it just the max that you don't like? I just think it's a little weak. That's, that's the all. only thing that's weird about it. I like. I, we already discussed it. The listeners probably want us to move on. Yeah, move on. Number three for you. <laughs> Did you go already? Yeah, that was my number three. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Chris derailed us. Again. It's the Chris Vortex. <laughs> This is not going to be shorter than an hour, by the way. Uh, Forget all that stuff I said at the beginning about this being a shorter episode. All right. Uh, Yeah, it's time for some controversy because my number three is Alien Frontiers. It's been bumped down two spots on my top ten. And here's the reason why. I actually have not felt like playing this game for a year. Like when I, I've deliberately not. in the fade. Yeah, I'm in the fade. I've deliberately not brought it to game night. (laughs) <laughs> because I don't want to play it. Wow. So I'm surprised it's still at three then. Well, oh, no. I think it's just like I need a break from it. You know, we're, we're taking a break right now. <laughs> it's been a year. We'll get back together. But for now, you know, just sit on the shelf and you age a up, little bit. You broke up with her. I did. Yeah. And, and you know, Alien Frontiers, it's not you, it's me. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my fault. It's but then you're keeping <laughs> it on the shelf, giving it false hope. No. And, I, and you know. I, I it's think, sitting there on the shelf, patiently waiting for you. I don't think it's false. It will, it, it will make a comeback. It just needs <laughs> some time to Alien age. Alien Frontiers is already making wedding plans. Yeah, it needs to mature a little bit. Doesn't realize you moved on. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Alien Gosh. Frontiers, but all right. There's there's other fish in the sea. So my number three, Alien Frontiers. Number two. So my number two game is the game that Alien Frontiers is probably jealous of, Ooh. because Ryan is cheating on Alien Frontiers with. Scythe. Scythe. Yeah. Scythe. So not much to say. We already yeah, we kind of did it, but one. I'm surprised I like this game more than you. But It's your number three, yeah. but you don't like the it's theme. It's my number two. It's your number two, and you don't like the theme. No, I, the theme is okay. I just Okay, so let's talk about the word overrated. <laughs> overrated doesn't mean bad. It really? means it's not as good as people are giving it credit for. Okay, okay. let me ask you this. How about the artwork? The artwork's okay. Just no okay? The artwork. It's good. I'll say it's good. The artwork is good. Talking about the theme. I think part of the reason the, the, the theme is so popular is because of the artwork. Why is the, is the theme popular? Because the artwork... No, I mean, but how do you know that? Because the artwork is what, pe- what really is okay, drawing the, people the to the artwork, game. So is it, would you say there's a difference between artwork and theme? There is, but I think the artwork brings out the theme. That's why people like it so nah. much. Because the artwork is so good. Nah. <laughs> the artwork is very good, but nah. the theme... Nah. Chris's number two game. Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the game. Love the game. Second best game ever. Yeah. Gee, I wonder what number one is. I wonder. It's the I best wonder. game of all time. You know, in a while, your whole top ten is going to be full of games you don't know how to pronounce. It's going to happen. Either. Yeah, I think. Okay. <laughs> I'll let it go. Tim, number two. All right. I'm waiting for Chris to drop on this one. Pandemic Legacy. Nice. The puzzle game. Yes. Nice. The puzzle game. Yes. <laughs> puzzle Legacy. Puzzle Legacy. Puzzle Legacy Season 2. Looking forward to out. Season 2. Yeah, Looking forward out. to it. I'm really enjoying this game. 
having fun. Ross and uh, Nathan have both joined in, so we've got another foursome. Yep. Wait, what's and today's date? It's not April 1st, right? Because this sounds like April 1st. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm, finding, I'm finding that I'm actually looking forward to our Pandemic Legacy games before everyone gets there. Wow. And playing through them and seeing what changes are happening and stuff. And what we're in uh, October now, right? Yeah. So we are possibly three games away from completing it. So wow. almost done. Almost done. Good choice, Tim. It's yeah. not in my top 10, yeah. but it's in my top 15. More. It's in my top 15. There you go. It's really high on my list, oh my too. God. That's right. Mic drop. <laughs> Don't drop the mic, please. It's expensive. <laughs> All right. Well, Tim, that was an excellent choice. It was not. Excellent, excellent choice. My number two, also an excellent choice, is Time Stories. Wow. He's really got it up there. I was at... Uh Number seven for yeah. that. Time Stories, we played it again. And even though we didn't succeed in the Marcy case, yes. I was. this I is like a game that I keep thinking about after we play it. Like, I, I was thinking back, like, oh, maybe we, can go, maybe we did this. And, I, and when we're playing it, it's, I'm so immersed yeah. in it. I think this is, like, because I'm not doing role-playing, this game is so immersive. You feel like you're, you feel like you're in the world. You're in the story. It's mm-hmm. very immersive. This game is an example of a good theme. Yeah, dude, I, I couldn't fall asleep that night. I was literally running through all this stuff in my mind all night. I was like yeah. having dreams about it. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's how much it was. It was because wow. you're trying to solve it everything, and it was it was driving me crazy. Yeah, and I was like, you know, we were so close to getting it, and this and all these things kept running through my head. Yeah, I, I nah. literally probably two hours for me to fall asleep. Yeah, wow. It's excellent. It's an excellent, excellent game. It almost gives you the same. It invokes kind of the same feelings of like when you're watching Lost. Remember when Lost was out and you didn't know what was going on? That's kind of what it feels like when yeah. you're playing Time Stories. It's like you so don't. It's, the game's very layered. Yeah, it's layered. You don't know what's happening and you're trying to figure out what's going okay. on. And you're just kind of thrown into the story and you have to figure it out. This game is amazing. My only fear about this game is that they'll stop making scenarios for it because once you play one, yeah, it's done. you can't play it again. And I'm, and I'm going to have serious withdrawal if they stop, stop creating scenarios. So there's six so far that have been released total, including the base game. We've played two of them. Wow. So we got some going. I own two more and then I'm going to, I'm definitely buying the, like, bring the them last next game. weekend. Nice. Yeah. I'm bringing them to our event coming up in a couple okay. of months. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to give it a try. Sauce boss con. So do you, we do need, you, we need to get the final I, verdict. I, if I like, I think you need to get Chris and Dave and stuff to try it. And after they fail the first scenario role and want to quit, then, then you know that's not going to happen. For we'll them. see. Yeah. I, I, I want to try it. Yeah. I'm intrigued. The only thing I'm concerned about is there. You have to at some point in the game, like stop playing and have a discussion about the way, the optimal way for you to to do it. How right often way. do you have to do that? It like it ramps up. So at the beginning, you're just kind of doing dis- everything. There's, there's discovery. Think of this as Scooby Doo. <clears throat> and now you've got the mystery. You all pile into the van. You go to the thing, and now you just got to kind of wander around and find clues. And you may find something, but you don't know how it fits into the puzzle. So you may get things, and you still don't know how to use them, and then you fail miserably. And then the second time, you kind of have some stuff. So now you're trying to either get more clues or figure out how that clue fits into the puzzle. Yeah, but remember on Scooby-Doo how Shaggy always just like – he would like – Run into a room. With that was a yeah. That's a mod. A mod is Shaggy. Yeah. That's me. That's that's part of the problem I would have with. But if there was an, if there was an action though that we did previously, and then we had the option of doing that again, but you knew it was a bad idea, you wouldn't just do it just for the heck of it. At least I don't think you okay. would. Well, I, I have to try it. Yeah. And like one analogy I can make, I just thought of is you know how there's video games where the first time you go through a level, you have to figure out where everything is, but then if you went back and played that level again. You would know exactly yeah. what the points well, you go to, to do it most quickly. Most normal people, yeah. 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 So time stories is like that. The first time you go through, you're like kind of just figuring it out. Then the second time, you're trying to be more efficient, and ultimately, you have to be extremely efficient to actually win the game. Can you play that game with two people? Yeah, yeah, you can. You should. You guys should give it a try. I'm bringing it, and you guys could play the first scenario at okay. Sauce Boss Con. Sauce Boss Con, by by the way, is an event that's coming up in a couple of months that we're going to be going to, where we go play games for an entire three day weekend at Tim's Lake House. Yes, we keep talking about it, so I figured I'd just explain what it was. My number two, Time Stories. Number one, the number one best game of all time needs no introduction. It is the one, the only Cyclades. Literally, the perfect game. Which one's that? I don't know. I think he means Cyclades. Oh, Cyclades. Okay. Yeah. Greek mythology, bidding. It's just the perfect game. 
He doesn't. This really is after that. a double loss in a row for him. Yeah. So this is pretty good that he stayed at yeah, number one even after a double loss. Uh, well, he's delusional. Even though. in losing, it's a great now, game. Now, did you guys play with the expansion, or was it still just base game? Uh, we did. We played with Kronos, but we played on the the base game map. Okay. Which I think was one of the reasons I didn't do as well. I don't like the base map. Uh, there base will come a day, dumb. Chris. You're going to be probably I don't know doing ten things at the same time because that's what you do, and it's going to occur to you that you actually hate this game. <laughs> Mark my words, it will happen. Your opinion, like you said, can be wrong. I think your opinion is wrong. I don't know. I really Why like is this game my too, opinions? Though. I really wrong. like this game. This it's, was my number four, so uh, no, I, 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 I enjoy it. No, I, he, he doesn't I'm, think he doesn't think that the game is bad. He doesn't think I should like. Well, it. He thinks, yeah, that you're. I don't believe of, that. And Chris your reasons, likes this game. your reasons are valid, but those reasons don't occur. And that is the the long turns. Yeah, you know, waiting for th- that. Our well, and you're kind of involved because you're bidding, you're doing this. So there's a lot of things. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on at the same time. So it's I like, think it's but then, wait. but other players can hose you with their actions. So if you look at Alien Frontiers, Cyclades is. Stayed my number one a lot longer. I know it's Alien weird. Frontiers. Wow. I see. I'm not delusional. I realized that I didn't like Alien Frontiers yeah, as but, much. But then you went and supported Pandemic Legacy, so there's a little delusion. <laughs> nah, he's, he's, All right, got, Tim. he's got that one right. Number one. Number one. I know this group will never, ever, ever, ever play this. X Wing. X Wing. Yeah, that's yeah. a shocker. That's just a real shocker. I, I, I had to put it number one because I still play this all the time. Every time we get a date together, I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to sit down, build a fleet, go out and play it. So it's uh, I see this remaining my number one for quite some time. New ships coming out. I, I'm excited when the new ships drop. And my brother's actually still coming out of town. You know, coming awesome. from downtown out there. Actually, that's the best part of it. Actually, to, I've me. got a night coming up uh, tomorrow night. I'll be doing some X Wing. So nice. number one X Wing. You know, I just want to stop before I say my number one and just. Because we all know what it is. Bow our heads. No, I just want to say how happy I am that this is the first time that we've done the top tens, and neither of you had role playing or magic yeah, that in was your on list. Purpose. That was on purpose. That so, was intentional. So if we included this, them, they'd probably. This be is a good. very. It's. It's. We've yeah. been very progressive on yes. this podcast. Role playing well, would always be number one for me. There's just. Me too. There's no, there's no topping role playing. Yeah, you just ever. ruined my moment. I take all best that back. Ever. Take it all back. But since this is the <laughs> podcast about board games, we're sticking to board games. We're sticking to board yeah. games. I appreciate that. Even though you guys still like role playing better. By the way, get your X Wings at coolstuff.com. Cool Stuff Inc. They're the best. My number one is Scythe. I think everyone knows oh. it has surpassed Alien Frontiers. Wow. I, Since it's my number one, I think I have the authority to say the correct way to pronounce it, which is Scythe, not Scythe. Yeah. If we were to pull, if we were to randomly pull our audience of one and ask them how to pronounce, the word S-C-Y-T-H-E, I believe that they would say scythe. What if we have any Sewell teachers out there? Wouldn't they be Shul? No, because we're dropping the C, so it's Sewell. Oh, but Megamind, is, it's a Shul. All right, so the Shul teachers. Yes. Scythe is a great game. The components are great. The art is great. The theme is great. No. Everything about the game is great. Except the theme. Really well designed, very clean, very easy to teach, easy to remember, easy to play, not easy to master. Scythe is a great game. Every game in the world should be compared to Scythe. Scythe. My only problem with that, though, is I don't think I could ever play with like the non-beautiful edition that you have. That's true. If someone dropped like the regular edition down, I, I don't know if I could play. Yeah, and you'd probably be hate the really theme. hard to play. Nah. All those components are just... Even the regular edition is good though. They have yeah. like wood, nice wood components. The only the board is a little smaller, but other than that, it's pretty much pretty the same. And no metal coins. No the metal coins is a big deal. If we if we Ching-ching. like collaborated all of our lists, this would be our collective number one. I think. Scythe. Yeah. Yeah. My number three. So yeah, it was a, it's my number two. The so only other one, three two, way crossover. So one two three. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps up another episode of Out of Game, episode thirty one. 31. Where can they go to find info about our podcast, Chris? Outofgamepodcast.com. You can also find us on BGG Guild 1990. If you go to our amazing webpage, it isn't really amazing, by the way, click on the guy that looks like he's running. That's the Board Game Geek guy. Took you to our forums. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Stitcher at OOG Podcast. You can email us at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 40OOG80. For great games at amazing prices, including X-Wing. 
You can buy them at CoolStuffInc.com. Especially X-Wing. <laughs> and for more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, go to DicetowerNetwork.com. Good night. Good night. Good night. Me You're welcome. Oh, you. Nothing. It's on me for oh, helping you. today. What about mine? No, you have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> when we left Bank of America, the bank that's supposed to be in all of America, and we moved from California to Illinois, they told me that my account couldn't transfer. Bank of America. So I had to, I had to cancel it. Was it eight for mine? Or? Uh, did you have guac? Hell no. Honey. Then yes. Paying two fifty for guac. <laughs> It's like a half a burrito. <laughs> oh my gosh. The last time. <laughs> Hold on, I got the, the cleaning got, crew here. That's watch. okay. Let's the, roll. The Out of Game Studios, we have, we have full yeah, cleaning crew now. We, we, we got our cleaners here. We're, we're sloppy, so yeah. we had to get it cleaned up. Yeah, they need to buff the floors and whatever else they do. We don't usually watch what they do. They okay, just, so. <laughs> two. There's There's not a. Yeah, uh, <laughs> emptying the garbage. Yeah. So.